up everyone and welcome to an all new episode of What's Worth Watching. In this new edition, we discuss just what's worth watching in 30 minutes or less. Tonight, we are watching Disney Plus's Loki episode six for all time always. Joining me tonight is... It's Adam the Urban Spidey. It's Shinobi. Tommy, second time back on this new cast. Yep. So the, the finale to, I guess, spoiler alert, season one. Did we know ahead of time that this was going a second season? No, I, at least I didn't. I think it was announced the day before, or it was leaked or something. No, 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 it was announced. Mm -hmm. So we knew that there was a season two coming. Before Loki aired? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, it didn't feel like a surprise to me when that end credit scene hit. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I was waiting for the second end credit. Mm -hmm. This This episode, my daughter and I, um, we watched it at midnight. Well, actually, we watched it at 11.50. It released a little earlier than, than it usually does. <clears throat> and I was yelling at her, hey, it's time, it's time. And she's like, Dad, we got 10 minutes. Like, no, it's, I'm watching it without you. We're watching it now. <laughs> so uh, so we, we let the episode go a little bit longer because we were pausing. She was asking so many questions. Immediately, you're hit in the face with so much. And uh, that made the episode you know, 100 times more enjoyable. Being able to just stop and explain to somebody that's interested in the universe. Like, you get off on that, right, Tommy? When somebody's asking Star Wars questions that you have a heavy head in. I love it, yeah. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel like here's another adoptee into the fringe of geekdom. So uh, it, it was a really fun experience uh, watching it with her at that hour because we were just stopping and talking and it was opening up other questions. And Kang is one of my favorite villains. Oh of the marvel universe and then of course time travel is something i can talk endlessly of <laughs> immediately it's it was um it was awesome because you you hear all the voices and all the different uh audio from different scenes throughout like you know the mc movies and then it shoots out outward and you see like this multiverse or this basically it, it's kind of like implying that <clears throat> where king is or this this variant of king He's somewhere outside of space and time. This this castle or this uh, citadel is outside of space and time and at the very end of time. And it's kind of cool the way that they did it because it was like, I don't know, there's a lot of colors and you see that glowing ring circling around it. That was the flow of time or the main timeline. And then you could actually see, you know, breaks and, and like additional branches coming and going and I thought it was pretty cool. <clears throat> One of the things that stood out to me, though, and I, I know a lot of people weren't really catching this because um, if they don't know anything about it, but the, the castle itself, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's like gold cracks going up and down. Uh, this is a Japanese style of uh, called Kintsugi, which is <clears throat> it's the art of um, repairing what is broken. And not only is it re repairing what is broken, but the cracks themselves, they highlight with like some sort of material, usually gold, and it's it's um, it's done purposefully so as not to hide the cracks and where it broke. It's kind of uh, the philosophy behind it is illuminating what was repaired as kind of like a physical expression. Um, basically, the it's um, it's uh, uh, highlighting the cracks as an event of life, and it basically as part of life. So whatever damage you go through or, or the philosophy is that whatever damage you go through 
is highlighted and celebrated instead. I love how there's purpose in everything with Marvel, you know, and their storytelling. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I love that you illuminated us with, with that information. And then you kind of expand upon that idea with that's Kang, he who remains home. Mm -hmm. And if he's adopting that philosophy, yeah. anybody that knows anything about Kang, Kang is a dude that lived in the 31st century, became bored with his life. As a result, he went back in time and he started mucking up our timelines, creating multiverses, creating multitudes of himself, becoming a villain along the way. For Kang or maybe uh, Nathaniel Richards or maybe Immortus, whomever that entity was, to celebrate all of the fractures in this multiverse and having his Citadel mended in that way to celebrate what he achieved. Yeah. Well, one thing that you gain right away from Jonathan Mayer, Majors, I always want to say Jonathan Mayers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like John Mayer. John Mayer. <laughs> he brings out his guitar. <laughs> Uh, you know, one, one thing about his performance um, that was a little off-putting at first, because I didn't get it right away, uh, was, was that he's very egotistical. You know, he, he is he is very vain in his explanation of what he achieved in these eons that he spent outside of time. Yeah. So that would very much fall in line with his uh, his attitude. Let me celebrate what you might see as broken. I'm celebrating this because. This was a result of me that these these are all fractures and multiverses that I caused. That's just that's gorgeous. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's really great. I mean, that's part of the philosophy of Kintsugi as well. Like after you repair what was broken and highlight the cracks, uh, part of the philosophy is that now you are a variant of who you were. So that's part of the philosophy, which I, I thought was really beautiful. How they tied that in. Um, and yeah i mean and so that's one thing that i noticed um because i studied kintsugi a little bit um other than that it was i noticed that king this version of king like he's very weird um and after you know he he's giving context and uh did this whole dialogue and you you find out more about him and he it's implied that he's been there for i think it was eons or so, millions of years was basically like you put yourself in that guy's shoes and you haven't been in contact with another living being for millions of years yeah you're gonna be a little weird <laughs> <laughs> you know uh so i was like yeah i can accept how he's acting and i think when we come across his other variants they're gonna obviously they're gonna be completely different personalities uh but you know the same person more or less what would turn you crazy seeing the death of uh unimaginable amount of universes yeah. that you had to decimate oh, yeah. to be responsible for that and then to just live that sheer amount of years i mean an eon is it a million years is an eon a million years is that how that works uh i don't I'm just going to Google it. It goes a century, which is a hundred, then a millennia is a thousand, and then eons is a million. Uh, it says an indefinite and a very billion long years. period of time. It says a billion years? Oh, a billion, yeah. A billion. It's unit of time equal to a billion. Oh, that's a long time. I hardly want to live 80. <laughs> you're, about, you want, you're done now. You know, you're... I'm done right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, it imagine what that can do to someone's psyche just being yeah. just alive just you know forget about everything else just being alive that amount of time 
housing all of your experiences, all of your feelings, your emotions yep. for that amount of time, it's going to drive you screwy. And just to make sure you don't see another version of yourself. That's crazy. I absolutely loved this episode. Uh, it's, it was, it blew me away. And Jonathan Majors, oh my God, he stole the show. He absolutely stole the show. Last week, it was Richard E. Grant as old Loki. The These last two episodes are just like, they have one character in them that's just, it's there to steal the spotlight. And I'm, it makes me so excited. I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much. It's very hard because of, of his portrayal of he who remains. I'm not going to call him Kang. Yeah. Because he's not Kang. He's, he's not. He who remains. I'm with you on that. I, I 100% sign up to that, Adam. Yeah, because Kang represents a specific type of villain, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I, when when, when uh, Miss Minutes said, he who remains, I was like, oh. Because I was really expecting Kang. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just Because you thought remains. the old dude in the comics, right? That's a whole different character in the comics. Yeah, the guy who created the uh, the uh, TVA, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, they're going to just bring out this old dude. <laughs> right, With especially with all the... the uh, the references to Kang in last episode. Yeah. And when I saw Loki and Shuri open up those elevator doors. Sylvie. God damn it. <laughs> Shuri's black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see color, Tommy. Oh. I don't see color. Oh, right? excuse me. I'm colorblind. Oh, wow. <laughs> when Loki and Sylvie uh, have those elevator doors open, you are you, the elevator is opening so you get revealed to he who remains right side. And as soon as I saw the color palette of purple and green, mm-hmm. yeah. Kang, Kang, yeah. immediately, right? Kang. And uh, and and I'm, I'm pausing it. I'm, I'm geeking out. And my daughter's like, who is that? Who is that? Why, why is he important? And then it's it, it set us off into like a five minute conversation about how special this character is, you know, I, and that they're introducing it into Disney Plus. The, the point is that the show is more than just what's on the screen. This is paying off so much like that because it takes you out of the screen. You get to do a lot more fun sh- stuff by researching and by talking about it and remembering key stories that you might have read as a kid or cartoons you may have watched as a, as a child or an adult. I don't judge. <laughs> it, it's just really awesome, man. And, and uh, you're right on with Jonathan Mayers. Majors. You're right on with him, man. <laughs> he is, uh, at first, it was off-putting to me. I didn't know what he was doing. But as, as uh, Tommy spoke about it and as you're talking about it, you appreciate it the second watch, or at least I did. I, I mean, like you just said, with, with the uh, reveal, with the, the elevator door sliding, as soon as I saw the, the green and purple, I was like, it's Kang. Yeah. Um, and I was so happy because it's Kang the Conqueror. I mean... In my opinion, Kang is going going to be more of a threat than Thanos ever was. Oh yeah, because uh, like in the beginning of the show, they so they show that the Infinity Stones, yeah, they're just paperweights. We we use them as paperweights. Yeah, some they come in every once in a while. Yeah, it seems like they only work within the universe itself. If you're outside of time and space, which is where the TVA is, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. We got to remember that about the outside of time and space with the TVA. We got to uh, talk about that towards the end. But you're, you're bringing up a great point, though, Adam, is that 
Thanos has built his entire lifetime, and he's a titan, so that's a long lifespan, looking and trying to gather these paperweights, <laughs> putting into perspective of how powerful the TVA and being that he who remains is the creator of this outfit actually is. And something that I've really loved is with... I I really hope that Kang is the next big bad like Thanos, because uh, if he's not, that's going to be pretty sad. And if he's defeated in Ant Man and the Wasp too, that's going to be oh, I doubt it. Terrible. Yeah, I doubt it too. But I I'm trying not to build up expectations past that because we don't have any clue what else he's going to be in. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, with Thanos, they just sort of teased him here and there, and then he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, and that for like two seconds, and then we only really saw him in Infinity War and Endgame. With Kang, it seems like they're just throwing us head in, head first, and. I love it. I love that it's completely different to the introduction of Thanos. Oh, yeah. Because well, technically, we haven't met Kang yet. We've only met, like I said earlier, he who remains. A variant. Yeah, a variant or a precursor. I'm really expecting like Kang to absolutely be the next big bad of the MCU. Yeah, it only makes sense because, I mean, this all of Loki uh the series that is uh they're building him up to be like somebody much more imposing than thanos ever was yeah. uh i mean right away you find that in one of the infinity stones it's it just means nothing and not only does it mean nothing but there's a drawer full of them like in front of this weirdo <laughs> and <laughs> and he doesn't realize at any point in time he can go into one of these universes and absolutely rule it and be in control but it doesn't matter to him um so it's yeah it, you, you're you're left with the implication that uh well at least at the very end this last episode that this variant or king or whatever his real name is he is intelligent enough or he's uh a type of character that is intelligent enough to make something as powerful as the infinity stones obsolete and that's uh that's frightening <laughs> yeah the best villains are the intelligent villains. And as he who remains put it himself, he knows all. He knows everything. Yeah. Up to a point. Mm -hmm. Up to a point, as we find out later. Oh, yeah. That scene had me like, like it was tense. <laughs> I had no clue what's going on. And that is, that is beautiful because I, I, I assume neither of you had any clue what was going on when he was like, looking around and like what's going on and it's so incredible that they were able to make us feel the same exact way that he who remains felt in that moment when he said it that they've crossed the threshold i was like yeah what is that <laughs> yeah exactly because he seemed uh, he seemed concerned but then at the same time he seemed uh like fascinated like for the first i mean i guess that makes sense he has no idea what's gonna happen <laughs> for the first time in 
eons. Yeah. I, I like how you put it where with Thanos, the big bad of phase one leading to the end of phase three was always hinted at. It was just dribs and drabs. Whereas with Kang or this variation of Kang, it's immediately up front. Here's all the exposition about his origin story. Here is the character himself, a version of him. Here is everything you need to know to get on board with who this character potentially is going to be. It, it seems like with Disney in the phase four side of things, this next phase, they're turning everything on its head. They're, they're giving you the villain out front rather than hiding him in the shadows. It seems seemingly, I mean, if we judge anything by Black Widow and Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we're, we're having somebody like Nick Fury, in this case, Val, building her own Dark Avengers or her, her Thunderbolts. It's happening again, but in a different way, a, a different variation of what we've seen in the past for these bad guys. And, and I, I really dig that. I really love that we're revisiting. Think about all the people that are discovering the Marvel Universe anew now, where we started, what is it, over a decade ago yeah. with these characters. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids that were not even born that are just following it now. Yeah, these are their Avengers, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool that that can be a thing. We have it with other universes, like Star Wars as an example, but look at how great the distance was between phases whereas marvel's um seemingly keeping these these plates spinning i, I hope and the, and the other thing is that they're not afraid to get super comic booky right yeah. like this is some really comic booky stuff that we're dealing with time travel multiverses i remember kind of holding my breath when they started talking about this back in uh in endgame I'm like, oh, this is just way too geeky for the general public. <laughs> yeah, you got to build to it. Uh, it's not something you could just jump into because you're gonna you're gonna have a, a wide part of the or most of the audience that are just gonna be confused. Like, what is the multiverse? What does this mean? Uh, and I think Loki, uh, the series, is doing a very good job of explaining the you know the the structure of what a multiverse is, at least in the MCU. And it's totally understandable. And I, I just love the direction that they're going with it. There's one thing uh, I want to point out. We have all these different sound bites from the MCU. Do you think that this has any significance into what we're going to be watching in the future? Are some of these lines that are being said by Scott, uh, Hope, and Hank are in the beginning of these sound bites? Is that significant to what's happening in the quantum realm? Is this unique for Loki's episode, or is this what we're going to hear going forward on the Marvel marquee as we watch our next phase movies? Uh, I kind of think there's some significance there as far as what, I mean, obviously we're, we can always speculate to that at a time. Um, yeah, we won't find out what the significance of these sound bites are until, you know. What if? Or, yeah, or even, yeah, what if? You never know. Mm, mm. So... August 11th. So, I mean, that's just over a month away until we, I'm sure it might carry over to what if, because obviously that one will be talking about universes and, and it, it came directly from Loki. What if happened because of what happens at the end of Loki? with the timeline splitting splitting and branching off the multiverse is a baby of loki and shuri sylvie god damn it <laughs> uh, yeah. sylvie 
you're not going to remember it. <laughs> I'm just a year from now, you're still going to be saying Shuri when right. season two is airing. I think I think you're going to start seeing color now because Shuri Black. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sylvie White. The multiverse is a, is a baby. It's a result of what Sylvie and Loki put into motion or potentially the road that was paved for them. Was this something that he who, who remains foresaw and he's he's the villain within the villain there's there's always we have a um a quote from mobius earlier in this season where he talks about loki's and how there's always a game within a game yeah is that what we're dealing with with he who remains i think uh i mean at least what he he was implying especially right at right as sylvia was about to kill him and actually as she killed him uh, he said, I'll see you again. See you soon. He knows he's going to be reincarnated either way. Because um, there always has to be he who remains. Um, somebody to oversee the flow of time. So, I mean, <laughs> I think he didn't know what was going to happen after the threshold hit. He just he just knew it didn't matter either way. So it was a genuine, I wonder what's going to happen yeah. for him in that moment. Okay. I was wondering if he was playing or showboating a bit. You know, his performance, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, I know. I won't say it again. <laughs> Jonathan Majors' uh, performance is very, like, Shakespearean. You know, it's uh, it, it's very over-the-top. Eccentric, yeah. I wonder if the, a, a bit of that was for Loki and Sylvie's benefit. Um, I'm not 100% convinced that he wasn't paving that road for them. Didn't he say that he paved the road? Yeah, he said that he did. Up until that point where they can, he was giving them the false sense that they actually had free will in that moment. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that he who remains immortus. I mean, that's really who he is, mm-hmm. was willing to give the throne up. From what I know of Kang and his role as immortus in the comics, I, it just doesn't fit for that character and for that for his psyche saying that he's tired he's lived a long time and he's tired that doesn't play in my mind but this is again a re- remixed version of the character that it's i knew the mcu version yeah right and uh I, I just wonder if this road that was paved didn't just stop at the citadel i wonder if he intended for the multiverse war to start again i don't think so i think that he he was genuinely telling the truth mm-hmm. at the end he, he did want the loki's to take over and as the the people that set the the timeline right what's the deal with all the apple symbolism in the mcu when we're talking about time we have the example with doc strange in his movie when he's learning how to use the um the eye of agamotto but which was essentially the time stone when we have this first meeting with he who who remains he's chomping on an apple and then in you know biblical lore or belief, um, it, it represents wisdom. Is is there something that MCU is trying to communicate? If I see Scott Lang walking around with an apple, does that mean something, <laughs> or is he just eating an apple? So here's a crazy theory. Oh. In Pirates of the Caribbean, two, Dead Man's Chest, Barbosa, Captain Barbosa, when he comes back from the dead. He's eating an apple because apples are his favorite. 
and it's probably because he wanted to eat an apple. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Jonathan Majors (laughs) is in Brad Pitt where it's not in this contract. He has to eat everything on scene, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, he's not that actor. Why bring out an apple, especially when it's taken some type of, it has some type of um, meaning in the MCU when we see it on at least two different uh, scenes mm-hmm. in two different movies, two different properties that are going to tie together. And deal with time. I, I absolutely understand. Yeah. I, I think we have yet to find out what an apple symbolizes. I, if I had to guess, because I know that with Doc Strange in that movie, he it was the apple that he used in order to learn how to use the time stone which for me that means he's a student he's still learning how to um control time i took it if i were to take it a certain way i would take him you eating the apple means that he's done learning he's already a master of time you got a beautiful brain (laughs) that is really good yeah that's really great man i'm glad we brought this apple conversation up (laughs) (laughs) that was genuinely really good you know like loki goes back to the tva right but then he goes straight to mobius and he goes to uh agent or whatever her name is i forgot um and he's talking to him he's trying to tell him what this is yeah what the situation is and they genuinely have no idea what he's talking about are you who are you? What department are you from? It reminded me of uh, Planet of the Apes at the end, or yeah, where he's just he comes back to I guess his own time, and boom, there's a, a ape statue, Abe Lincoln, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, like they, they threw in like that's a classic reference. Like first they threw in some Wizard of Oz uh, hints. Uh, you know, someone behind the veil, and then they threw in some Planet of the Apes stuff here. Like, I love the, the callbacks. So it, it makes me wonder, when Sylvie kisses her incestuous self <laughs> and kicks him into what, what she thinks is the TVA she, they just came from. It's an alternate TVA, yeah. So if it's an alternate TVA... Okay, that, this is my question. I, 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 I'm glad you have an answer for it, Adam, because I'm confused. If... She kicks Loki back to once they came from, and he's in an alternate TVA. That implies the TVA exists on, in some plane inside of time. It's not outside of time in the sense that somebody went back in time and changed things to change the TVA implies still they are part of our time stream. I'm confused how that can be because they exist outside that there when we're watching he who remains explain the multiverse war and he's using the marvel legends versions of himself with the universes as discs on top of discs very similar to how they explain the nine realms with uh, thor i'm the viewer that's outside of time looking at those discs how can you be on top of me and change anything if i'm watching what you're doing right how can a computer program from the inside change the outside world? You can't change the simulation if you're stuck in the simulation. I think um, because they, they kind of made it a point um, or focus, you know, when when him and when, when Loki and Sylvie were on that planet and they were about to, I guess, have a moment and there was a branch in time 
I'm guessing what is causing all these nexus events isn't the murder or, or the death of uh, Immortus here. It's actually that kiss. You know what I mean? As soon as that kiss happened, that's when time went haywire. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, you never know. He, he, that he probably foresaw that happening. He knew that was going to happen. It was all planned out. He knew they were going to have that moment and actually kiss and, and disrupt time and time and space. Why would that have such a significance over the multiverse and time? That's, yeah, they got, I mean, there's obviously a lot of more of explaining to do. They, we need more context as an audience. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of disappointed we didn't get anything in that uh, sense. It just kind of I I think the ending was really strong, but I it, it was a little disappointing we didn't get more context into that sort of self-cest or whatever. I like now that, well, as of now, we can totally understand, especially with the upcoming Thor, Love and Thunder, and how uh, Jane became, is now Thor, we can understand that that's probably just a variant. Oh. I think it sets the stage for everything we're going to be seeing. Yeah, this point yeah. forward, yep. It's a very smart move by way of Disney Marvel where it's like, okay, we're going to throw all this exposition. We're going to do a little bit in Endgame. We're going to do it all in Loki so that by the time we get to home, uh, No Way Home, by the time we get to Thor, by the time we get to all the Phase 4s, Eternals, once we get there, we can just start running. We don't have to slow it down for you. Because if you really want to know, go watch the show. You know what's crazy? Um, and because this is happening, and now we have, a, and we now have a multiverse of madness. And based on the things that uh, we'll just call him Immortus, um, he said that there's an infinite amount of uh, himself out there now. Or there's going to be an infinite amount. That means there's an infinite amount of Lokis. There's an infinite amount of Captain America's, Thor's, everybody. So really, this is a genius because now Disney or Marvel, they can recast and nobody would question it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, so we can potentially have an infinite amount of Marvel or MCU. Maybe we should stop calling it the MCU. It's more of a multiverse. So it's a Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. The MCM is what we're really watching going forward in phase four. I like it. You know, we, we, we can have an infinite amount of storytelling yeah. in any direction. It doesn't just stop with animation and what if, you know, uh, we could continue. So imagine we continue Spidey with Tobey Maguire, like, Yo. but we still have Holland. We still have Holland. We still have the, you know, the regular Marvel universe, but then we have this little pocket where Tobey Maguire is old man Spidey. This gives credence to all the rumors that uh that the other spider-man uh, like toby mcguire and uh garfield yeah. are going to be in the next spider-man like they could be in it and that's we don't need an explanation now i mean it it's probably the like alfred molina said when he confirmed that he was in it it's probably the worst the worst kept secret in all of hollywood right but yeah, I mean, we know 100% is confirmed Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, uh, William Defoe, that we're getting these reprisals. Is Willem Defoe confirmed? 
uh, by the RLU he is. Like, <laughs> oh, like okay. you put it, it's one of the worst kept secrets that Maguire and Garfield are coming back. The fact that we can just start playing the game, we can just start running into it. We don't have to learn the rules because it's already all been laid out for the viewer ahead of time. Deadpool's already MCU confirmed now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Free Guy trailer. More or less. Yeah, it's a review of it as it was Deadpool. It a reaction yeah. to the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And then Korg was in there. <laughs> and and what a way to bring him in to the fold. Like, you know, if you're, we're talking about Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, of course, that's that's the way you do it. You know, you, you bring it in a comedic way and you, you rely on the charm of Tawani Taihiki. What's that guy's name? Oh, my God. What did you say? <laughs> Taika Watiti. Taika White Titty. <laughs> that's what it is. So I got to remember. <laughs> okay, so I mean, yeah, speaking of the multiverses, Quantum Mania, Ant-Man 3, we got introduced to time travel through Ant-Man, all right? He was trapped in the quantum realm for what he thought was a few hours, five hours, and it turned out to be five years. Because what we got from Janet Van Dyne when she came, uh, when she escaped out of the, the quantum realm, one, one of the statements was time moves different there. Time is different in the quantum realm. What we got from the TVA, especially when it's said in a throwaway line from Mobius to um, Renslayer, that they have known each other for eons. That's where the word eon comes in from this episode. Eons is a long time. Mobius and the TVA agents and Renslayer are immortals in a sense themselves. Yeah. They, they've lived a long time for him to be pining away for a jet ski. Yeah. They had no concept of time because it just didn't matter to them. Time works differently there with uh, the void. Time is basically still unless uh, Eliath gets you with he who remains. He's at the end of time. Yeah, it, it, it rings really close to how Janet explained the quantum verse to Hank and Scott and Hope. It rings very close to how Scott experienced the quantum verse. Is the TVA potentially in the quantum verse, the quantum realm? I think that was one of the theories that's going around because uh, there are some photos that was being shared uh and it looked like there was like a city inside a quantum realm when uh, when mm. Scott was in there and like people were freeze framing and it does look like a city. I mean, if it is, I mean, it's possible that that is the TVA. I'm going to I'm going to look it up, bro. Like we got I'm sorry. I got to see it. So I remember the little city that she's walking away from. Yeah. I remember when we watched it immediately. It's like, that's the Fantastic Four. They're in that city. You know, that's this is the neg. This is the MCU's version of the negative zone. Yes, it's like it's like in a bubble and there's little little uh, skyscrapers yeah. and everything. Yeah. And why did they spend so much first episode? Loki looks out the window and he sees this um, this vastness, this coruscant that he's looking out, you know, it's a planet or, or a realm of just a cityscape. Yep. Why show us that? It looks very similar to this. It, yeah, the quantum realm is is part of phase four, quantum mania. 
Kang being confirmed as being the villain of Ant-Man 3, this has to be all connected for for some reason. Um, Time traveling back and trying to put together all the stones for the new Gauntlet and Endgame involving the Quantum Realm, it all is tied. This, This is most definitely part of the Quantum Realm. How they're able to change the TVA's internal time from the outside is still what I have an issue with. Like, I don't understand that quite. Now, if it's multiverses, can you build multiple versions or multiple multiple variations of the TVA? Is that a different conversation? I yeah, that seems like that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if I had to guess that with all these different universes, all this multiverse that's being created now, um, there is time and space outside of those each of those individual multiverses. Um, if I had to guess, I mean, they could go any direction with it, but that would make sense in some way. That way, you could have multiple TVAs. What a heartbreaking final scene! Yeah, man, that entire season of character development between between uh mobius and loki just to end with who are you yeah what division do you work for they played it so well dude because you think he's running he's running to his mans the last time they saw each other was that man that bro hug mobius and i are going to figure this out we're going to figure it out he gets right into b15 and uh and and mobius and he's he's giving him the spiel you think they're comprehending it they're taking it in like oh wow we're right with you who are you again oh (laughs) Oh, there is so much they gave us in these last two episodes, specifically this last episode. It explained the villain to us. We had to wait eight years before we got Thanos's explanation and his motivations, his machinations. All of that took so much time. We got it now in a cool way, in a way that makes sense, a way that we're uh, we're eager to see more of. And uh, uh, there were... Also, a lot of people really mad that Mobius and Loki uh, didn't end up together, and it was Sylvie and Loki. Yeah, that was stupid. Oh, I didn't get. <laughs> Look, if they were even like playing in that world, I mean, I know they said that Loki is gender fluid. I have no problem him ending up with yeah, the man. I didn't want Mobius to have Loki. I wanted him to have a Jesty. yes exactly (laughs) the story was not taking us there in anywhere this was a bromance this was loki's first friend yeah yeah a birth of that what would we have wanted outside of loki will be back in season two for an end credit what would we have preferred than what we got i would have liked a little more closure uh, in terms of like where is loki gonna go from here like i want him to see like his, his next step beginning already, whatever that may be, versus him just kind of being left wondering what to do in the middle of a, uh, an alternate TVA. I don't know if it's going to be after season two or what, but I kind of feel like he's going to try to seek out Thor. And I, I think maybe at the end of Thor, Love and Thunder, maybe he'll he'll show up and I'm sure Thor's going to be wondering, like, how is Jane Foster Thor? Like, how does she have Mjolnir? Um, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be explained in the movie, but if not, and it's going to be kind of like left it up, up in the air the entire movie toward the end, Loki comes and he explains, yeah, there's now multiverse madness because I kissed myself or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, 
Thor, I mean, I feel like Loki is going to be the one that's going to be letting everybody, all the heroes know, like, hey, this is what's happening. We got to stop this. We got to find a way to stop this. I just remembered. Uh, eh, well, uh, this is kind of a stupid thing, uh, but uh, there was a, a set picture of Chris Hemsworth in what looks like a, a Thunderstrike uh, outfit. Oh, that's cool, dude. That's awesome. I didn't see that. What a way to bring that character into the maybe maybe it is Thunderstrike. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe it's a variant. He's have a ponytail and everything. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, we could have Thor Corpse. I, no, actually. he didn't have a think yeah. about well, it. Well we all we have the beginning of it in Endgame. I mean, Cap is a Thor. That's true. I would have preferred if the end credits was Doctor Strange being like, Hell yeah. what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Something feels wrong. Yeah. I'm going to make you fall for another 30 minutes, Loki. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, 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 I have no theories because he's kind of stuck like until we get season two we have no clue what's going to happen to him i i don't think he's going to show up uh in any of the movies between now and season two but i mean it's possible oh well what if i told you that the hollywood reporter is reporting that tom hiddleston will reprise his role as loki in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness nice I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm really like wondering. It, it seems like No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness are going to be like one really big story. I kind of feel like uh, Secret, Secret Wars is going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely the, the newer version of Secret War. Yep. I mean, if we thought Avengers Assemble and every single hero on that battlefield was insane oh that one meme that goes around where everybody's all uh cheering at the bar over the soccer goal and then <laughs> they must they replace it with a uh, cap grabbing milner that will be real <laughs> that would be real if we have yeah. multiple versions of heroes showing up on the silver screen after another 10 years you know it's going to be insane it's going to be wild uh, you know what I, what I keep going into is what if what if we are watching loki season one season two however many seasons i'm going and what if it's turned out at the end of all this time traveling and multiversing loki is taking place in our future that we're watching the exploits of this variant of loki and it's after we watch multiverse of madness after we watch no way home after we watch um quantum mania and everything that comes after that and then this is the epilogue and we're, we don't even know it this is we're, we're intended to watch this at the end of phase four I, it kind of gets in my head because of the fact that the tva doesn't it or isn't supposed to work like regular time right yeah it's supposed to be outside of time so it would never matter where it takes or when it takes place because it would take always it would always take place that's what I, I've been uh, thinking is we have absolutely no clue. I mean, we, we kind of speculated that it could be in the quantum realm, but we have no clue where or when we'll 
it's supposed to be all the time for all time always yeah uh they they give us no context of when that multiversal war was so it could it be it could be in the multiverse of madness but exactly yeah what one of my favorite quotes of, of in the beginning of loki episode six by uh, philosopher alan watts he talks about time he says we think of time as a one-way motion and that's how we all perceive time because that's how we live through it but it really isn't it's more like a river. It's more like a fourth dimensional being, which is what the TVA should be. We're observing time play out like we, people that live in the third dimension, would look over ants crawling on the sidewalk. It, it, it's just such a fun world to live in. It's such a fun world to play with. And it, and it keeps me so excited by what phase four is bringing because i know we're bringing the big brains with phase four yep. i know we're bringing the fantastic four <laughs> kang having such a tie to the ff kang being a descendant of reed richards had me thinking in the comics he's nathaniel richards but it wouldn't quite make sense for the people that have been keeping up this entire time with the mcu for kang to be revealed as a richards descendant because who's richards to people who aren't really keeping up with comics or know the Fantastic Four. But if he was a descendant of the Starks, mm -hmm. if he was a descendant of maybe the Starks and a Richards, how amazing would that be to be able to incorporate the, the two big brain families? Yep. We already have a descendant that was introduced to us in Endgame that loves her daddy 3000. <laughs> yeah, it would only make sense to uh, incorporate the Fantastic Four because, I mean, Reed Richards is one of the most intelligent minds on earth and with stark gone i mean we need somebody to take that helm to you know um yeah. to, to battle king because king is also super intelligent we need somebody to rival that mind and who better than reed richards and with that you can find me on instagram at urban underscore spidey and on youtube urban spidey uh, you can find me on facebook and instagram uh star wars savage you could also look me up on twitter bx underscore shinobi i am also uh gonna be on shoot laputu pretty much every sunday with the, the bro axiom crew on youtube just uh, search bro axiom and also here on raw, raw live and unedited with baba fucking bear legends of polkai that has been what's worth watching thank you for listening I be low key and could never be Thor, never be low key. Not ever seen like I'm GOD. Yo, quit this crazy scene like a BOB. You know me, yo, I be low key and could never be Thor, never be low key. Not ever seen like I'm GOD. Yo, quit this crazy scene like a BOB. Some of these youngins feel they need to riot. I'm just trying to plot and chill, yo, I'm keeping quiet. They keeping all my work under wraps for love and thunder Finna bring the thunder back Like a SGA, a loop door Or like primetime, no son, a two-sport Nah, I still want my life private, want a peaceful But I be useful
used to the noise, I'm from the East Coast You know me, yo, I be low-key And could never be Thor, never be low-key Not ever seen like I'm G-O-D Yo, quit this crazy scene like a B-O-B You know me, yo, I be low-key And could never be Thor, never be low-key Not ever seen like I'm G-O-D Yo, quit this crazy scene like a B-O-B so low key, about to move to a ghost town Some know me and they call me the GOAT now Damn son, yo, that praise too much My fans the best type to make you blush Put on a mask and use another name I'm growing every day, some old friends just want the same Funds wired to me, move to the islands No baloney, real G's moving silence You know me, yo, I be low key And could never be Thor, never be low key not ever seen like I'm G-O-D Yo, quit this crazy scene like a B-O-B You know me, yo, I be low-key And could never be Thor, never be low-key Not ever seen like I'm G-O-D Yo, quit this crazy scene like a B-O-B